You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Wonderful. Great. Well, if you have a Bible, I'd like you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It's going to come up on the screen. I was going to preach a very different message today, but this week, this scripture has not left me. And I came to a point on Friday of saying, okay, Lord, if that's what you want me to bring, that's what I'll bring. Last uh, week on Sunday in our first service, there was a run of worship. And at the end of which I, I felt the Lord speak to me from this scripture that we're about to read. You've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance. And a number of people responded and I prayed and that was that. But this week it hasn't gone away. And so we're going to revisit it today. And I I believe that in this service the Lord's going to speak to somebody. I believe in this service today the Lord is going to bring a word that's going to help some people make a decision to begin a journey of progress and freedom out of a place where you have been, but God does not want you to be anymore. This is what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Verse 1, these are the words of Moses, that the words Moses, sorry, spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Harazoth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. Just a word of wisdom, if you're ever in a life group or a prayer meeting and you're asked to read a portion of scripture that has some difficult words, just say it real quick and confidently and everyone will think... (laughs) that you pronounced it right, okay, so that's, that's how to do it, and that's what just happened there, um, okay, so, um, but verse 3 says this, in the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and Adre had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, east of the Jordan, In the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples of the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, and as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. This is the word of the Lord. We can say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. The, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. I want to uh, bring this message today, break camp and advance. And, and I, I have a sense that there are people here that the Lord would want to provoke today that you've stayed long enough at a certain place. It might be an attitude. It might be an area of compromise in your life. It might be something of a mindset that, that is hemming you in. And the Lord would come today and say, enough is enough. It's time to move on. It's time to break camp and advance. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. To give some context to this story, though, and I think it's important for us to understand this, this is Moses' book, Deuteronomy. This really is a book where where Moses, you've got Genesis, Exodus, 
uh, Numbers, Leviticus Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, it's almost like a recap. It's almost like a summary of what has gone on before. And it is the, the sermons of Moses as he gathers the people right at the end of his life. And he's literally at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses goes home to be with the Lord. He, he dies uh, on a mountain and it says he was full of strength. But before that, he shares what has happened. And this is Moses at the end of 40 years saying at the start, what we've just read, saying, do you remember what happened 40 years ago? The Lord said to us 40 years ago, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. You see, there's a slight irony here because he had said to them, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance to go in and possess the land that I'm giving you, only they never quite made it in. They broke camp and they began to advance, but then they stalled. See, the irony here is that it says in verse 2, which we read, it takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. And the next phrase says, in the 40th year. What should have taken 11 days took 40 years. You see, what had happened is God had brought Israel out of Egypt. They had taken probably a 12-day traveling journey, if you look at Exodus or what happened, even though they paused uh, along the way. But their traveling time was over 12 days as a unit, and they got all the way down on a, what would have been a southeasterly direction to a place called Horeb or Mount Sinai. And that was a place where they settled for a period of time. That's where God brought the Ten Commandments to Moses and to the nation of Israel. It was called the Mountain of the Lord. Horeb, the mountain of God. It was a place of encounter. It was in the wilderness, but it was a place where God met with his people. It was a good place. Horeb was not a bad place. In fact, Horeb had been the right place for a period of time, but it was no longer the right place because God had something better. You know, some of us, we need to move on from some things that are negative and destructive and limiting. For some of us, it's not actually that we need to move on from a bad place. It's just that the place where we've been is no longer the best place. That God is calling us on to the next place. And this was true of Horeb. Horeb had been a good place, but then he said, it's time to break camp and advance, to pull up your tent, to pack everything up. And in the same way you got yourselves here, you're going to have to, instead of going southeast, you have to go northeast and get yourselves to Kadesh Barnea. And at Kadesh Barnea, you can see Canaan. You can see the promised land. That's your vantage point for going in. And here they are, nearly 40 years later, and Moses saying, do you remember 40 years ago when, the, when we were at Horeb and the Lord said, you've stayed long enough at this mountain? The reason that I spell that out to us today is partly so we understand the text, but it's also to understand this. We can have a moment, and I believe in the moment, God works in moments. There are moments of encounter. There's moments where the word of the Lord comes, and we have to be attentive to respond in the moment. But it's the momentum of the long haul that really will get us out of the place we need to leave into the place where we need to get to. And this was true of Israel. They made it in the end, but they made hard work of it. I know some people who they make it in the end, but they make hard work of it. And actually, it's in surrenderedness of heart. It's in yielding to the Lord. In fact, that God comes in and speaks to Israel and said, Caleb will make it in because he has followed me wholeheartedly. It's that wholehearted responding to the Lord that will get us into our promised land, which really, for me, is a metaphor of everything that God has his best for your life. I believe God has a promised land for you. It is his best for your life. And sometimes we can take 11 days or we can take 40 years. And the key issue is 
wholehearted devotion to Jesus. So I want to draw three things out of this message today. And the first thing I want to say is there is a time to move. Can we say that together? There's a time to move. This is what the Lord says. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. You know, that there comes a time where God, who is outside of time, steps into time and says, now is the time. You know, the, the logos, the written word of God, the eternal word of God, can become rhema. It can become a now word. You know, this, this word that you'll find in Deuteronomy 1, all the days of your life, it will still be there. It's not going to move. But today, it can be like a now word to you. The logos can become a rhema. And, and there, are, there are two words for time in the Greek in the New Testament. One is chronos and the other is kairos. Chronos is sequential time. It's the measurement of time. It's hours, minutes, and seconds. That's chronos. That's why the, the chronology and, and so on comes out of the same word. The, the chronos of time. You know, right now, it's something like quarter to one. That's the time. That's the chronos. But kairos is an opportune moment, an appointed time, or a due season. It's a now. And, and I believe the Lord would want to come in this place and bring a now word to some people. It doesn't matter what the chronos is. There's a kairos time. There's a now time. There's a moment where the Lord wants to speak. And there can come a kairos time to move. It's a now time. The Lord spoke to them. You stayed long enough at this mountain. It was kairos time. It was time to be on the move. It wasn't that, you know, they were late for an appointment. It was that it was God's timing. And I believe, you know, sometimes the Lord will call time on situations. You know, I, I'm not necessarily expecting this to mean for some people the need to move geography or move location or move job, although the Lord might stir some things. I'm not expecting it to mean move church, although, you know, I'm not preaching that at the end people will come up to me and say, thank you for the word, bye-bye. You know, although, you know, that, that may happen. But what I want to say is this, that although that may be true, I believe that the time to move the mountain that we can stay to longer can often be internal more than it's external. It can be an attitude of heart. It can be a, a, a mindset of a how we see ourselves. It can be an area of unforgiveness in our lives where we were wounded, where we've been wronged, we're carrying some pain and we harbor it and we harbor it and we harbor it. And as somebody once said, you know, it's, it's like drinking rat poison in the hopes that the rat will die. Unforgiveness. And the Lord says, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time to break camp. It can be something on the inside of us that needs to change. It can be something that, that God would want to provoke, a habit pattern, an area of compromise, a status quo, a disposition. Something that we need to move on from. You stayed long enough at this mountain. You know, I can remember when I was uh, very young in ministry and uh, at the end of a service, a guy came to me and he said, will you pray for me? And I said, sure. And I started to pray and he started shaking very violently. Now, this doesn't normally happen. Don't freak out if, if you're new in church. Just, this was a very unusual situation. But he started shaking and then he fell on the floor. I didn't even touch him. And I did not know what was going on. I was like way out of my depth. I hadn't been to that class at Bible school. 
And, and so I called to someone who knew what they were doing, who was a proper minister, and I said, help, help, come over. And we prayed for this guy. The long story short, because it took us meeting with this guy a few times before the Lord set him free, is that over 30 years earlier, he'd been abused in, in a truly horrendous way, and he'd never told anybody about it, but it had ruined his life. It had it controlled the way that he viewed himself. It had impacted his relationships. And it's like the Lord called time on it. It's like the Lord said, I, I am not having you live with this any longer. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. And the Lord brought it to a head. Very powerful. I can remember speaking to a, a, a prophetic word over a, a young lady who she'd had a dream in her heart and the Lord revealed something to me and, and helped me to see that and I spoke something out. She had a dream in her heart, but she had never had the courage to tell anybody about it. She'd never had the courage to do anything about it. But as I spoke a prophetic word, she responded and started to make plans to put in place the dream that was in her heart. I saw her this summer, six years later, and she rushed up to me and said, thank you. I've got to be honest, I had forgotten what had happened. You know, we'd had this interaction, moved on, but it had ended up changing her life. And she comes and says, thank you, and starts, this is what's happened, this is what's happened. Wow. It's like something happened where she'd stayed long enough at a place of limitation, long enough at a place of thinking, this is my life, where really in her heart, knowing the Lord had something different for her. And it took the word of the Lord to come. And I believe the word of the Lord would come to some people today. It's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to change from where you are, to break camp and advance. And I'm not talking today about moving on from something just because you got frustrated or bored. You know, some of you, you might be in jobs that you don't much like, and you'd be, oh, Lord, surely I've been at this mountain long enough. <laughs> yes, Lord, I am. Your servant is listening. You know, I, I've... I've been there many times where I've said, Lord, surely I've been at this mountain long enough. Surely, let me hear your word to me that it's break camp and advance. And the Lord either say no or say nothing. And I know, he's like, I've got you exactly where I want you right now. Who knows that you only get refined in the furnace? Who knows that it's in a place of constriction that godly character is formed? It's more in the valley than the mountaintop that we encounter the transforming work of God that does something deep in us. Do you know that God says, I am the potter and you are the clay? If you've ever seen a potter at work, they get a piece of clay and the first thing they do is they, they, they call knocking up. They literally, they beat the living daylights out of the lump of clay. So they do. Soften it up. Mold it, turn it over, thrash it. But they just beat it up until it's malleable enough to do something with it. Who knows that God doesn't say, you're the canvas and I'm the artist. He says, you're the clay, I'm the potter. Who knows, God gets to work on our lives sometimes. We pray a prayer like, Lord, make me the woman that, I want you to, that you want me to be. I've never prayed that personally, but you know. Just, you understand what I'm saying? We, we say, Lord, make me the woman you want me to be. Make me the man you want me to be. And, and we expect something wonderful is going to happen. That starts to happen. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm answering your prayer. Make, make me the woman you want me to be. I'm going to make you into an incredible vessel for my glory. So the best will ever be as a vessel, friends. The best will ever be as a vessel for his glory that he can work through us. You ever make a vessel? You ever seen a vase? You ever seen a jug or a mug or a vessel? 
throw it on the, throw it on the, the clay. Wheel. Thank you. Any potters in the house? Throw it on the wheel. And then you know what they do? They put water in it and then they get their thumb in it and they pull it up and they, you know, and if it's no good, it goes out of shape. They take it off and they get it again and they throw it down again. And if it's not centered, they move it. And who knows? It's a, ah. Is the Lord at work in anyone's life right now? So here's the thing, because for some people, it's time. For some people, there's a now word. There's a kairos word that says, you stayed long enough for this mountain, break camp and advance. But, but hear me also, because there will be others in this house today who would long for it to be time to break camp and advance. And the Lord would say, I've got you exactly where I want you. Just stay here a little bit longer. And we have to be sensitive to what the Lord is saying to us. But there are some of us, we need to respond to the word of the Lord. Because he wants to do something in us. You know, in Genesis 7.19, it says, Noah went into the ark and the Lord shut him in. You know, we like to hear about the Lord opening doors, don't we? But it says the Lord shut him in. And then in due season, he said, now, come out. God is at work in our lives. For some of us, it's Kairos time. Horeb may have been a good place or it may have been a bad place. But you've stayed at the mountain long enough. The second thing I want to say is there's a need to leave There's a time to move and there's a need to leave. I mean, there's a necessity to leave. There's a requirement to leave. He says, you stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance. You've got to do something. You've got to leave. Who knows that you can't enter unless you leave. You can't enter the lobby without leaving this room. You can't enter into the next season of your life without you leave the current season of your life. You can't enter into tomorrow without you leave today. We're in the business of leaving and entering all the time in our lives. But the Lord would come and put his finger on some things. So I want you to enter into something new, which means you have to leave something behind. It's how it works in our hearts and in our lives. I remember the call to Coventry. You know, it's over, it's about six years ago where Esther and myself, we were invited to come and, and move to Coventry to be part of this church. And, and without being in any way disrespectful to the call to come, we were perfectly happy where we were. We, we weren't looking for a change in our lives, but the Lord spoke really clearly for us to come and we had to, we had to leave in order to enter. We literally had to pack up our house. Most of you have done that at some stage. We've been in the same house for 12 years. Who knows that you, you gather a lot of junk over 12 years. I mean, our loft was full of stuff we didn't need. We, we had quite a big garage in our old house and, and the amount of offcuts of wood and MDF, you know, where I do a little DIY job and I thought, oh, that'll be useful. That'll come in useful sometime. Who knows that never comes in useful. You, you never use that offcut. What happened, I just got loads and loads of offcuts of wood and MDF and then another job would come and I'd go to B&Q and I'd buy another sheet forgetting I'd got the offcut. And then I'd do the job and I'd have a bit left over and that would join the others. And then we came to move and I was like, what is all this stuff? We had so many half empty or like bits of like cans of paint. And in our tip where we were, you couldn't take paint to the tip. The place to get rid of your paint was about an hour's journey away, but you were allowed to put them in your wheelie bin. But we were clearing out and our wheelie bin was full. So it came to bin day when everyone's got their wheelie bins out. And, uh, and so in the dead of night, about one in the morning, <laughs> I, 
I took all my paint cans and I put, stuffed them in other people's bins. And then I woke up with a fright at five o'clock in the morning thinking, oh no, what if the bin men don't come? You know, sometimes they just don't come. They come the next, we're like, why, why is that? Sometimes they say, well, come on a Tuesday. They just didn't show up. I thought, what if it's one of those days? And everyone has to move their wheelie bin back onto their drive and they look and go, huh? I go, there's only one person getting rid of paint on this street. I remember about 7 a.m. hearing the bin men come round our road going, thank you, God. <laughs> but you know, if you're going to enter, you've got to leave. For us to step into the purpose of God for our lives, to be part of this community with you, we had to leave something behind in order to enter. You know, some of you, you've held on to limiting mindsets. Some things that were spoken over you when you were little. Some things you've spoken over yourselves. A confession. And it's not God's confession over your life. It's not what God says of you. It's something that you maybe have allowed to be said over yourself. Some internal dialogue. Some self-talk. Some self-speak. Of how you see yourself. You know, God said to Jeremiah, I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. And he said, but I'm only a child. And what God said to him, do not say I'm only. Don't say I'm only a child. I just say, I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Don't say I'm only. And some of us, we, we say, I, but I'm only. But I'm this, but I'm that, but I'm not. But, but my mother was, but my father was. But I'm, and we speak something over us. It's not how God sees us. And I believe the Lord would say to somebody here today, you've stayed long enough at that mountain. Break camp and advance. I've got something else for you. You've got to leave that confession behind. That means making a decision. I'm never going to say that over myself again. I might have said it for 35 years, but from this day, I'm not going to say it again because it's not truth. It's not what God says. It's not how God sees me. There might be a, a fruitfulness of your life, and currently you're living in, in compromise. A sense there are, as I was praying this message through last night, there are, there are some people, and I don't come here to condemn, but I, I come to challenge. There might be some of you, and you know you're living in a compromised situation. And you know that it needs to change. And every time you come into a place of worship, it, it hampers you because you know that it's not as it should be. Let me tell you, the Lord does not despise you. The Lord desires you to be in the place that he called you to be. And you say, you've been at that mountain long enough. Break camp and advance because he wants to bring you into some place fruitful. He wants to bring you where you can come into the house of God and, and lift up your head before the Lord and worship him without abandonment, without that thing I know how the enemy works. He'll try and draw us into sin and then remind us of what we did. And the Lord has said, I want to see you in a place of freedom. Stay long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. There are many, many different situations. You know, when I became a Christian, I said when I was 17, and I went away to university, and I, I came back to my home church. But the group of friends that I was a part of um, were, were a group of friends that really, that they weren't all in in terms of church. They weren't all in in terms of their faith. The reality is they, they chose to sit nearer the back than nearer the front. Now, there's different reasons why people sit nearer the back, and I'm not, if you're in the back half of the room, God bless you, I'm not saying anything. Um, but for us, my group sat nearer the back because they wanted to be peripheral, because they weren't all in. But I didn't want to be peripheral. I wanted to follow Jesus with everything I got, but that was my group. I wanted to, to pray out in prayer meetings, but my, my group didn't do that. 
I wanted to be ready to prophesy and bring the word of the Lord, but my group didn't do that. And I remember the Lord spoke to me from Mark chapter 4, where it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus just as he was in the boat. It's the, the story of Jesus calming the storm. And, and the Lord said, leaving the crowd behind, you need to leave the crowd behind. And I made a decision and I, and I moved and my crew was sitting near the back and I went and sat on the second row. You know, sometimes preachers spit and I thought, if I can just catch a bit of spit, I'll maybe just catch a bit of the anointing. I ain't going to catch that at the back of the room. That's not true, by the way. <laughs> but I think I felt like that. If I could just get a bit nearer. But something started to change in me. I remember praying out in a prayer meeting. Remember the first time I brought a prophetic word. And I, whether they thought it or not, I felt like my crew was saying, ooh, who does he think he is? But I had to leave something to enter something. I didn't want to leave those friendships. I didn't want to despise those friendships. But I knew I needed to enter something different. I knew that my destiny was somewhere else. And it wasn't on the back row. And if you're on the back row, I'm, I'm not. Different reasons why people sit on the back row. Sometimes it's a good place for people to be for a season. There's a need to leave sometimes. Paul Scanlon, who led Abundant Life Church in Bradford, now Life Church, great church, posted this this week. He said, talking about a homeless guy called Michael, he said he lived on the street for years and no one knew what he looked like under all that matted hair and dirt. And he said, we reached Michael through our feeding program and once a month we offered showers, a makeover, health check and clothing. I deliberately put lots of large mirrors around the room in the hope they might catch a glimpse of a new version of themselves. And when I saw Michael showered, shaved and looking at himself wearing a suit, I was stunned at the difference and so was he. A few days later, Michael went for a job interview wearing the suit he saw himself in. It was a part-time job washing cars at a local dealership and he got the job. Later, because he was so good at it, they offered him a full-time job in charge of their car valeting department and his life took a different turn. How wonderful. The redemptive power of the gospel. Sometimes practical steps. But sometimes we've got to be willing to leave something in order to enter something different. You know, you might not even be in a position to leave straight away. It's interesting if you read the story in Deuteronomy where we left it off. There's a few verses in between, in between about 10 verses where actually in that space, Moses implements a new leadership structure for Israel. And then it says, verse 19, then as the Lord had commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went towards the hill country and we reached Kadesh Barnea. You know, sometimes there might be people here, it might be that actually you know you're not in the place where God wants you to be job-wise or something like that. And I, I'm not recommending you go in and hand your resignation in tomorrow. But you might want to make a decision today that says, Lord, this is not where I should be and I've known that for some time and I make a decision today, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to make a move towards something else. It might mean going back to study. It might mean for some people the Lord would speak to you and you know you've been putting it off. You're putting off what God has for your life because it's uncomfortable or it's difficult. It's always difficult. It's never easy leaving. It's never easy moving on. But it's the only way that you're going to enter what God's got for you. And the last thing that I want to say here is there's a journey to make. There's a time to move. There's a need to leave and there's a journey to be made, God says to them, so go in and take possession of the land. You know, here's the point. The, 
the issue wasn't so much Horeb as Canaan. In other words, the issue wasn't primarily they had to get out of Horeb. The issue was they had to get into Canaan. You know, for your life, God has something amazing for you. And, and the issue isn't that you have to move on from where you are right now so much as you've got to get into everything God has for you. It took me one week to move off the back road to the second row. It's taken me the next 25 years to keep walking it out, and I'm still on the journey. I believe in the moment. I also believe in the momentum, the long haul. You know, this was the issue for Israel. They made a step, but actually for them, they didn't follow through until a generation later. And I don't believe that for anybody here today. But the point is that leaving one mindset was one thing, but entering the right mindset can be another. Leaving timidity is one thing. Entering courage is another. Leaving self-loathing is one thing. Entering into self-acceptance is another. Leaving closet Christianity where no one in your workplace knows that, that you believe in Jesus is one thing. Entering into a vibrant witness is something else. But I believe God has something great for us. We have to be willing to leave, but we also have to be willing to make a journey. To leave unbelief is one thing, to enter faith is something else. And the point is that we can respond today. And I believe that many of us should, but here's a gale warning. This is only the beginning, not the end. Some of us, you know, the Lord would say, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance, and our heart responds and says, yes, Lord, I'm in. And then there's tomorrow and the next day, and then there's the next week and the week after that, and, and so on. But we have to break camp in order to move forward. I can remember two ladies in, in our church about five years ago coming to me and saying, we've got a dream in our hearts to establish a business, but it's, we've got no experience in this, and we talked it through, and I, I knew God was all over it. And I'm so proud of them because about four years ago, they, they made a decision and they, they set up on their dining table. They carried on doing their jobs for, for quite a long period of time, but they began this business. I remember the first time they got a unit and it was just like this tiny little office space. And I remember we got some desks donated and we were able to, to give them their first desk to begin. I went to visit them a, a couple of weeks ago. Their business is amazing. It's flourishing. They're in a much bigger space. In fact, the last time I was in that space, it was a nice big space with some desks. Now they've got so many desks in there, they need a bigger space. I'm so proud of them. They work so hard. But who knows that, that it wasn't because they made one decision that it all came good. It's every week it's hard work. Every week is the challenge of faith. Every week they have to get on their knees again and, and say, oh God, because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. It's not easy. There's a journey to be made, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't make a start. I wonder if the musicians can come and join me. We'll bring this into land. You know, for all of us, friends, the journey of faithfulness is what really matters. It's discipleship, ultimately, that what really matters. It's the, it's the consistency of our lives that really matters. You know, sometimes it's just saying, I'll, I'll do the right thing because it's the right thing. No, it's, it's saying in the moment, see, there are some people here today and, and you broke camp and you advanced and right now you're just walking it out. And I want to say, keep walking it out. Keep being faithful. Keep doing what you need to do. Keep honoring God. You know, sometimes it's like Habakkuk. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit. There are no sheep in the pen and nor cattle in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will be joyful in God my Savior. You know, friends, there are some of us, it's just the outworking of faithfulness and consistency in our lives. But the Lord would come and speak to a number here today. So you've been long enough at this mountain. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. And I wonder if we can pray here if you know anything of the, the presence of God. Just open your heart up where you are. Maybe you're a visitor here today. It doesn't mean you can't respond to a word from God. But I believe he would come and speak to many and say, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. It's time for a new day. It's time to draw a line. It's time to deal with that area of compromise or limitation, that confession. You know, I, I've illustrated some internal, some internal things like attitudes and mindsets because I want us to see this can be internal as well as external, but there might be those as well and your literal circumstances need to change. And you'd hear the voice of the Lord come to you today and say, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to stand where you are and I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer before you go home today. Right across this room, you can respond by standing to your feet. You've stayed long enough at a certain place. Holy Spirit, I pray right across this room to put your finger on the hearts of your people. I'm going to give this a moment longer because there's other people need to stand. You know the Lord's been speaking to you. on the back row it's over this side with a waistcoat just here you've got great potential to do something awesome for God you know I don't know whether you know God I don't know if you're walking with God but there's a call on your life if you'd respond to him today I, I believe you could see a life dramatically turn around from this day love you to come and speak to me at the end and pray with you. This is some things the Lord wants to say to you. Right across this room, if you need to stand, stand. Going to lead us in a prayer. And it goes like this, Lord, I've stayed long enough at this mountain. Today, I hear your word to me to break camp and advance. I make a decision to move. Help me to leave what I need to leave and help me to enter what I need to enter. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're standing and you can pray that prayer, then I'm invite you to pray it out loud. There's enough people standing that you don't need to be embarrassed about this. Lord Jesus, I've stayed long enough at this mountain. Now take a moment where you are just to name what that is before the Lord. The reason that you stand here today. Just between you and him, take a moment. Speak it out. Let him know.
We'll continue with this prayer together. Today, I hear your word to me. Say it again. Today, I hear your word to me. To break camp and advance. I make a decision to move on. Help me to leave what I need to leave. Help me to enter what I need to enter. In Jesus' name, amen. Reach your hand towards these people if they're standing near you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you are the one who draws us forward. We pray over every person that has responded, Lord, that you would give them the courage. Pray you'd go ahead of them into every situation. I pray every difficult decision, I pray every difficult conversation, you would go ahead and you would make a way. We pray, Lord, you would help us to be a breakthrough people who don't get stuck in a place where we shouldn't be, but who move on and into everything that you have. In your precious name, would you pour out your blessing, your favor, your grace, your strength, your power to step into everything you have. Help us to break out but advance for the glory of your name and the purpose of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.